the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is... um, a remarkable day already, and we're only halfway through the day here in the East Coast. Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network here on Puro Pelka. And I had spent the greater portion of the last two hours laying out the show, and then about an hour ago, things happened, and... Okay, that's the first hour. That's the second hour. That's the third hour. All right. We've got a whole new deal going on here. If you've been paying attention, whether or not you were listening to Mr. Beck or whether you've been following the news, uh, everything is up for grabs today. What am I talking about? What the hell am I talking about? Well, you know, a a lot of people are, Maxine Waters has got to be dancing today. Maxine Waters is, doing the impeach 45 dance today and Maxine Waters may be God forbid. I have to say this. She may be justified in saying impeach 45 today, unless the president knew nothing about what his son just released to the world. Judging from what I have read from the emails between Donald Trump Jr. and these representatives of the folks from the Russian government and the the people who were involved with the Russian government, judging on what we're seeing, it, it sure smells like Donald Trump Jr. was kind of squeezed into releasing these emails. It sure smells like maybe somebody at the New York Times had these exact same emails or the Washington Post had these exact same emails and was getting ready to release them. Wow. What do you think about all this? Have you read the emails? I've, I've read them. The, there's one that's particularly damning. They're, well, they're, none of them are exactly good news. But there's one that's specifically pretty damning. But what do you think? 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. I, I think this is, uh, this is a, um, a very gigantic turn of events. The son of the sitting president of the United States just over a year ago, a year and a month ago, met with and appears to have been open to partaking in some collusion, that's right, collusion, with the Russian government. Wow. This, um, this email to the president's son that said they had anti-Clinton information and it was, quote, very high level, close quote, part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump. And talked about incriminating evidence against Hillary Clinton. And Don Jr. responded, if it's what you say it is, I love it. Now, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. 
if somebody came to me and said, hey, your dad's running for president, we have some dirt on on his competition, I'd say, well, you, of course I want to see it if it's real. But then if it came from a foreign government whose intent was to take down our government or to wreak havoc with our government, it's got to be kind of difficult. And and maybe Don Jr. didn't know what the what the rules were, although I tend to think he's he's not a dumb guy. I tend to think he has an idea what's going on. But this this is beyond what I expected. I expected attempts to try and bring down, constant attempts to try and bring down. But if they actually colluded, if Don Jr. and Paul Manafort, and uh, the, the story was that Jared Kushner was in the meeting and got up and left briefly in the middle of the meeting, the early portion of the meeting. This is, this is stunning news. This re- Finally, anybody who's using breaking news on the screen is legitimately using breaking news on the screen. So uh, I, I, I did tell you I kind of threw away my template for today, but I'm not completely. We have a whole lot more to talk about. But I really would like to know what any of you think of this, what any of you make of this. Is it? Is this enough? Is it treason, as some have called it? Is the collusion bad enough to where Donald Trump Jr. will go to jail? Is he being offered up as the sacrificial lamb? You have to wonder. You have to wonder. And and can you imagine if the president did not know and just found out as all of this was unfolding? I talked to another media friend of mine today who said, Here's, he, he asked me, what do you think about this idea? And I agreed with it 110%. He said, if I were Donald Trump, I would get them all in the room. I'd put them all in a big room and I would televise it. I would telecast the entire thing. And I'd have Manafort and Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka and all, anybody who worked on that campaign, Kellyanne Conway, any and all of them, and say, all right. What did you write down? Everybody's got to come in with a list of the contacts they had with Russians, with anybody who could have been messing with this election. Let's just get it all out there and be totally transparent. I described it as trying to rip the Band-Aid off real fast because this drizzle, this nonstop drizzle, drip, drip, drip of these releases are going to cripple any agenda that this administration has. It's going to stop anything and everything. And, you know, justifiably so. If you are an always Trumper, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from someone who has anything to say on this. Other than I, I feel like we've been duped. And I'm sure if the president didn't know... He's got to be furious. He's got to feel like he was duped. But if that's true, then he was duped by more than just his son, by his then campaign chairman, by his son-in-law. And and where does he go? Here's a guy who relied on this tight inner circle for pretty much everything. What is it? Does that mean Steve Bannon is back in charge? 
Does that mean Steve Bannon has earned back the the uh, confidence of the president? This is truly remarkable. Now, of course, uh, like I said, Maxine Waters and and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, they are dancing right now. I haven't seen any of them rushing up to be in front of a camera. And typically, you would, you would see Chuck Schumer in front of a camera right now going, See, we told you. We told you. Don Jr., you suspect he's going to be in front of a congressional hearing soon, in front of a Senate hearing soon. Lindsey Graham will be out with a statement. But you better believe the Democrats are sitting back and saying nothing. Why? Because they are letting this marinate. Completely. Now, maybe you agree with me. Maybe you're someone who was happy that a Republican was in the White House, but Donald Trump wasn't your first choice. I, I know so many of you who were like me, who would have preferred a Ted Cruz, a Rand Paul, even a Marco Rubio. Well, you might get your, your chance to have one of those in the White House as a vice president if this goes as far as it could go. If this goes to the point where it reaches the president, then that means President Pence. And frankly, after looking at the pictures from the weekend, I don't know if you saw the pictures of, of um, Vice President Pence with Marco Rubio, uh, I couldn't help but look at those two and think, no, that's not a bad ticket. That's not a bad uh, 2020 ticket, is it? I think the the GOP has to get in a big hurry, get in front of this and try and figure out where it's going. But unless you know all of the stuff, unless you know exactly what the hell is happening or has happened in the past year, you are in you're in big trouble. You're not going to be able to make a plan. The damage control is in full operation right now. Full operation. I I just can't even believe this. And uh, some of you are saying, Mike, you've never supported Donald Trump. That's not true. I voted for Donald Trump. I I actually admitted to voting for Donald Trump. And I've I've told my neighbors here in the socialist, communist, anarchist town of Arden, Delaware, that I voted for Donald Trump and I would do it again tomorrow. I wasn't voting for Don Jr. I wasn't voting for Ivanka. I wasn't voting for Kellyanne Conway. I was voting for the guy who was going to give us a bunch of great choices on the Supreme Court. And, and, and you know what scares liberals more than anything? And this has got to really be a shock for them. If this were to force Donald Trump, if this, if this reached all the way into Donald Trump's office, not just his son, not just his son-in-law, If this reached all the way inside and he resigned or had to face impeachment, can you imagine the Supreme Court justices that Mike Pence would appoint? Do you know, do you have any idea how scary that is to liberals? It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. So uh, we, we shall see. We shall see. But that, that's my, 
Welcome to the show today on this Tuesday that who knew this was coming down the pike? We knew there was going to be a struggle over Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with the Russian woman. But now we know why. We'll get deeper into the emails that he released. And they're, they're out there. He put them out himself. The administration can say that. But they also probably will admit that they put out this email because, well, the Washington Post and the New York Times would have beaten them to it if he didn't do it before noon. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Uh, coming up today, uh, we're going to meet a Canadian guy who's ticked off about the terrorist that his government is giving $10.5 in Canadian dollars to, the guy who killed an American. Simon Owen from Fox News is in London. He's going to talk to us about Charlie Gard and the latest because he's got, uh, he's got a, a global understanding of this. Uh, and I hope at the bottom of the hour we're going to talk to the conservative mama, the woman who gave us many laughs yesterday with the crazy conspiracy theory that should be coming up around the corner on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It's uh, it's already a day of uh, craziness. And uh, you're welcome all and every day to join the craziness. 888 The crazy light is lit and will shine brightly. I also need to remind you, relief factor. What are you waiting for? I got up this morning and I went to my early morning shift and I forgot my relief factor packet before I left. I usually take one with breakfast around 4.30 in the morning. Yes, I know, it's crazy. I take relief factor breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory. I know it uses fish oil and turmeric and other natural ingredients. It's not pharmaceuticals. It's not chemicals. It's just nature taking the inflammation out of my knees and my hips and my lower back. And since the first week of April of this year, I have been taking relief factor and eight days into it, I stopped taking any kind of pain relief because the inflammation was gone. So the pain was gone. So I'm back playing golf, walking. I'm working in the garden. I'm down on my knees, digging in the garden and the pain is gone. Try the three-week quick start pack. It's three weeks for $19.95. Isn't that effort worth it for you? Isn't 20 bucks worth being pain-free if it works for you like it does for thousands of people? It's 800-500-8384. That's where you get Relief Factor. 800-500-8384. Go to relieffactor.com. You can look it up there. You can get the details. But get the three-week quick start pack. See if it works for you. I am, I am well into my fourth month on Relief Factor. And I'm just happy I'm doing it. And you can do it too. And they just put the little packets in your bag. Take them with you. 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Before we went away, I mentioned I mentioned that we were going to um, talk to somebody at, at the bottom of the hour. We are, as we monitor the ongoing uh, surprise of the day, the real breaking news about uh, Donald Trump Jr. putting out his own emails, basically saying that, yes, he was open to colluding with the Russian government. This is not good. This is not good for Donald Trump Jr. Whether or not it's bad for the president, um, it's not going to help the president a whole lot. It's not going to be a, a gold star for Donald Trump. Certainly could be trouble for Donald Trump Jr. What we also have coming up around, around the bottom of the hour is um, a discussion with a young lady we Introduce you to some of her work yesterday. She online she is known as Conservative Mama. Conservativemama.com, you can find out more about her. But she's also been kind of unvarnished in her approach to getting the message out to the liberals that we as conservatives aren't going to be quiet. And there's a story on the Blaze, I think it's on the Blaze today, yeah, about Johnny Depp not wanting to give up all of his his luxurious lifestyle, his 14 homes, his private jet use. But that, that kind of juxtaprogressivism sticks in the craw of people like conservative mama. She put together a message to Hollywood last September. I got to share it with you. This is a bunch of different people. Speaking to Hollywood celebrities and letting them know how conservatives hey, feel. Hollywood, we don't need you. In case you haven't noticed, we're not like you. We don't live like you, act like you, dress like you, or think like you. So stop telling us who to vote for and what to vote for. Until you no longer have a driver. Until you mow your own grass and you drive your own car buy your own groceries until you drive your own kids to public school until you shop at the same place or better yet have them take the bus work two jobs to pay off student loans until you clean your own house trying to find a job in an economy that sucks no private chef until you live like the rest of america stop acting like you're one of us so just shut up i kind of like that just shut up I know we're not supposed to say shut up. I know I'm supposed to be working on my manners. I know I'm supposed to be being better than all that. But I think we need to do exactly what the conservative mama is telling us to do. When Hollywood steps up, we just tell Hollywood, shut up until you live like we do. Until you know what it's like to mow your own lawn, to drive your own car, to buy your own groceries, to not fly private jets everywhere. Just shut up. You have no idea what my life is like. We'll meet the, uh, the woman behind conservative mama. See if she's going to let us tell her real name. That's coming up next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, every now and then things seem to be all jumbled up when we have breaking news things popping everywhere. And then you realize that uh, the fates are at work busily putting the right people in front of you and when moments like today happen. And Lise Wheel is scheduled to join us uh, at this point in time. One of, one of the smartest people I ever watched on TV, one of the most uh, fascinating people. You know her from Fox News. You saw her. Uh, all you've seen her all over the place. She's also an author uh, and a, a person who is a prominent trial lawyer, worked in the federal prosecutor's office. And we were going to talk about, and I really want to talk about, all of these people who are maybe discussing secession and and getting uh, their states to break up in the secessionist movement. But I also have to ask Lise Wills, we welcome her back to the show Today in the last hour has been crazy with the with the Don Trump Jr. emails. Have you been keeping up on this? You know, I have to say in the last hour I have been in a cave, so you've got to you've got to keep me uh, just a little bit abreast, but I have a I have a, uh, a sinking and sneaking feeling about what you're going to tell me. Donald Trump Jr. First of all, we are not we are not going to skip out on the secessionist movement topic. No, no, that you, no, you, you wrote you, this. I uh, yeah, yeah. Keep just keep on going because, like I said, okay. I have a, I have we'll a get to that feeling. Donald yeah. Trump Jr. in the last hour has released emails on his own Twitter account. They're emails that we anticipate would have come out, would have been yep. published. And uh, the Washington Post or the New York Times would have put him out basically saying he was open to collusion. This meeting happened. It was about colluding with the Russian government. He forwarded the the emails in in complete entirety, everything that was there to Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner. So you had the campaign chairman and the guy who is now one of the high highest advisors to the president getting this. It is. Um, I think this is dangerous stuff. Yep. If you haven't seen the full details of it, I think yep. there's real serious stuff here. Very serious stuff. But I, again, I have been in a cave for the last hour, but I'm, this is not surprising at all to me. And the reason for that is he's got good lawyers who told him exactly this, which is that don't hide it because this will come out. Um, the worst thing you can do, and we've seen this again over and over and over, you know, from Nixon to Martha Stewart to do I need to go drop any more names, that the, <laughs> uh, the cover-up is always worse than the crime, or at least fitting to the crime. And when you're in that kind of position, the American public will forgive misdeeds. They, you know, the American public will you know, forgive them. We, we, because we all sin. We're all sinners. Um, but what we won't forgive, and by the American public, I mean you and me and everybody else that's listening, we, we kind of we forgive because we are, we are all sinners. But we don't forgive cover-ups. And we certainly don't forgive cover-ups from people who are at this sort of high, that, not sort of, at this high echelon. And so he's got good advisors who are saying, give it up. Give it up now. You should have given it up probably before now. 
but today's the day. It's no better than today. And so, yeah, it's shocking, and yeah, it stinks right now that we're hearing it, but better now than, you know, six months or tomorrow when we're, we're, we're never, that we're, we are going to find out about it. We are going to unearth these emails. Someone, someone will at some point unearth these emails, whether it's in, you know, civil or criminal discovery or whether it's good journalism, they will be unearthed. This, this story, if the president didn't know about it, has got to be creating a certain amount of tension in the Trump family at this point, I of imagine. Course. But of uh, I, I, it's so early in it, Lise Wheel, that I, I'm not going to press you on it because I, I know, first of all, it's just, like I said, it's just unfolding. Within the last hour, all this right. has suddenly rolled out. So I don't think anyone's, as you've said, has fully grasped it. And yesterday he did announce he was bringing in some pretty high powered lawyers, some very expensive legal talent. And you're now that you're putting this together. Yeah, this sounds like advice a lawyer would say, get it all out now. Of course. Get it all out there. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's sometimes sometimes the very most high priced lawyers and some of these people are my friends. So I got to put that right out there. Uh, these are some dear friends of mine, um, are the most simple-minded in, in, in the sense, and I, I say that in, in the kindest of ways, in the sense that they'll say very simple things, like just tell the truth, because the truth will set you free. It will come out. We aren't stupid, meaning we, the public, we aren't stupid. And journalists aren't stupid. We're going to find it out. So, you know, don't cover it up. Uh, we're not in an era where cover-ups happen. We're not in the JFK era where you can be philandering around or doing this or that, and nobody's going to cover it. It will be covered. It will be unearthed. So, you know, lawyers can't hide it for you. So just get it out there, and then we'll figure out how to deal with it and, and how, to, how to put the best face on and all that. But just get it out there, and, and we'll go from there. Because it, it can't underscore enough that we really are such a forgiving nation um, if people just bear their warts and, and fall upon the sword and say, this is what I, I did. I didn't know all this was going to happen and whatever, th- then that's where the lawyers come in. Then the lawyers can paint the story and then they can massage the facts, but they got to get the facts out there, get the warts out there. And then that kind of deflates the bubble, you know, deflates the, well, the, what, you know, journalists go out there, you can find everything you want, you know, go out there, knock yourself out. It's all out there. Now the, now the lawyer's job is to, okay, it's all out there. Now how do we frame the picture? Now how do we frame all of it? Okay, that's their job. That's how they're paid the big bucks. But get it all out there and then work with it. Well, this is, uh, if anybody thought the agenda of the GOP was going to be moved to the front page, I have big news for them. Uh, it's not going to get there <laughs> no. for a while. <laughs> No, no. And then that's that's a shame in a sense, because health care, you know, come on, it's got to be dealt with. And here we thought that, you know, it was going to take after the um, Fourth of July break, then that was going to be moved front and center to the to the fore, which it really should be. That's got to be dealt with. Um, I was I was I really uh, lauded um, and, and clapped for the Republicans that they didn't sort of Nancy Pelosi health care. And by Nancy Pelosi health care, I mean, didn't just sign the bill and then read it, you know, let's, let's sign it. And then, yeah. and then actually uh, read it afterwards. I mean, I, you know, that was so horrible. What, what happened 
uh, with with the Nancy Pelosiing of it. But but on the other hand, they can't just then dump it um, and say, okay, well we'll just let it languish. Got to figure out what's going on. Um, so you know, there's there are major issues that need to be dealt with, and you're dang sure that Democrats aren't just going to let it sit there for the next go around and say, oh well. Let's just not talk about how the Republicans didn't solve health care. Let's just not even raise that. Come on. They're not going to just let that be. And uh, nor, yeah. nor should they. Nor should no, they. they. Should. I, I wouldn't. We wouldn't do it if the tables were turned it, on conservatives. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, sir. You got it right. So yep. come on, there's there. <laughs> or, or not. But <laughs> there it is. But uh, now. Or you not. Piece, or not. There it is. Or, or not. You, you wrote an op-ed piece in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, a couple days ago on the secessionist movement. And I spent 13 years in Texas. And when you, uh. when you move to Texas, the first thing they tell you is, by the way, if we don't like what the government's doing, we have reserved the right lose. to split into our own nation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get when you get your little driver's license there in yeah. Texas, is it, huh? <laughs> yeah, there's, and they say, we've got it. the five states drawn up in case we need to do it. So just be aware, you might be part of the country of Texas versus the state oh, of Texas. It. Well, it's true. Texas is, 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 man, you know, they've got the economic power to do it. And Cal, Cal Exit, was, which is a, a serious movement, which has, you know, California, Washington, Oregon, who knows who other, other states are going to grab on. That is a serious movement. And California has got the economic clout to do it as well. So, you know, it's, it, these are serious movements. And I, when I was researching for Separatists, which is a fiction, it's novel. You know, it's about a, it's a television reporter there at Global News Network in, in New York. And I thought, you know, I'm, uh, but I do serious research for all my novels to make them, you know, real, even though it's a fun beach read. Um, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll set myself up for a Google alert on separatists and secessionists and all that and, you know, sit back, drink my coffee, and I'll get like, you know, one, one, alert, a day, one alert a week or something. You know, I, I'm kind of joking. I, I don't just sit back and drink my coffee, but, well, I do drink <laughs> coffee, but whatever. I, I, I digress. Um, and, no, good, no kidding. I'm getting like a dozen a day. Like, bing, 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 separatist, secession. Say that three times fast. That's why I call it separatist. But anyway, um, it's just, it's amazing. These are well-organized, well-funded, separatist, secessionist movements in this country. I had no idea. I had no idea it was such a, uh, such a movement. It well, really is. I, it, it bonked me in the head. As you were as you were as you were researching the book and we're talking to Lise Wheel, author of The Separatists. It's a novel came out just last month from HarperCollins. As you're researching the book and looking at all these movements, is there any state or any tiny group of states that you actually think could get it done and could check out of the union? I think Cal Exit um, has a, a real chance in the sense they have the money in the cloud. That's California and Washington and Oregon and who, who knows what other states to take with them, but certainly the West coast also because there is a sense of, you know, when I posted on Facebook or whatever that, you know, my, my uh, editorial or just in post, a lot of people say fine and dandy go. So there's, you know, there are people that just, I don't think they really mean it that, that when they think about the economics of it, but there are people that are just happy, would be happy to see Cal Exit go, and there are people 
that want CalEx, obviously, to happen. Legislation has been proposed. It hasn't gone gone through. But there's money there. There's a lot of money there. There's anger sort of seeming and teeming. And the news that we just talked about right now, and it's come out in the last hour and a few minutes, is certainly not going to um, make that go away. It's certainly going to add to that fire. Uh, it's money that will be sent in and fueled. So who knows? Now, there is a Supreme Court decision that come decades and decades ago that, you know, I, again, I found in my research, but um, it says, you know, secession is, is, is unconstitutional. But that's just because geeky old me found it, you know, and I'm sure they can hire some lawyer at much more, many, many dollars an hour that will find a loophole in that. So, you know, there's really not that many things standing in the way of their actually succeeding. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll be keep I'll be keep, keeping an eye on it myself. Uh, if you're looking for a beach read, the separatist from Lise Wheel and Lise, I thank you for letting me hijack you to get into the legal discussion oh, of the Trump stuff. No, as well. that's so interesting. I'm sorry, I was in a cave to, uh, in, for the last hour, and I, I ran out to, to do this to call you. So, thank you for getting me up to speed. But again, as as you were speaking, I was like, I'm not. I'm. I'm Actually, not that I can foresee the future, but I kind of saw that one coming because I would have given them the exact same advice. Get it out there now because it's all going to come out. Well, great. Come back anytime, please, Lisa. Will. Oh, thank you so much. I will. I will. I will. I would love to. And just just email me directly. I'd love to love to be on talk or chat with you any old time. Please. Will do. Uh, and we got to run, too, or we're going to hit that commercial wall. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Reminding you, yes, we were scheduled to speak with a conservative mama this hour, but the um, the change in the, the news with the breaking news about Donald Trump Jr.'s emails being released uh, put us in touch with uh, Lise Wheel, our legal eagle friend. So conservative mama joins us tomorrow, and uh, we are you're, you're going to have fun with her. We... We will get to the conservative mama tomorrow. And there's so much more to talk about today. When we come back after the break, uh, Simon Owen, a Fox News radio guy from London, who's on the streets in London, wants to talk about the Charlie Guard situation. And who am I to deny that? Plus, we're going to talk education Later with Shannon Joy, our, our buddy who really keeps me abreast on everything going on with Common Core, I asked her to look deeper into the Every Child Succeeds Act that we talked about about two and a half weeks ago when we discussed the psychological exams that were being foisted upon kids without the parents' knowledge or the kids' knowledge. So we're going to get into how to fight that. And uh, in the final hour today... As we watch everything else that's unfolding with this email story and, and Donald Trump Jr. and the Russians, um, we're going to talk to our, a buddy of ours in Canada who is working to get the Canadian people to donate money, not to the terrorist who killed the American soldier, but to the family of the victims. 
So while Canada apologizes, one of our good Canadian friends is trying to do the right thing and take care of the family of the victims. We'll be right back after the news on Puro Pelka. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Second hour of Puro Pelka kicking off right now as we follow all of the details on this breaking news story about Donald Trump Jr. releasing the emails about the meeting he had with the Russians. Uh, this, this story is growing very, very quickly and it's getting legs and I think it's going to run for a while. So we'll have to watch it. Lee Wheel brought up some terrific points beforehand saying that it was probably the advice of a lawyer a very high priced lawyer who said get this out now and then let's work on putting everything back together but there are important questions being raised by people on all sides of the media here people asking you know what what did the president know and when did he know it it's kind of difficult to believe that Paul Manafort, the chairman of the campaign, and Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law and highly respected advisor, would not have brought this up. And they were privy to, geez, everything that Don Jr. was receiving from, from these folks. From the press representative, the promoter, the, uh, the kid that was the pop star, it, it's all in there. And all of those emails were forwarded with everything included. So that certainly opens up Don Jr., Paul Manafort, Jared Kushner for subpoenas to speak in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, the House Intelligence Committee, the special investigator, Mr. Mueller. And God knows if there will be a grand jury seated to look into this. There could be a whole lot more come to this, but we'll keep an eye on it. We're waiting on our buddy Simon Owen to give us a call from London to talk about uh, the latest update on Charlie Gard that's coming up. I also I also have to say um, we, we've been ripping on Mayor Bill de Blasio, the New York City mayor, for his trip overseas over the weekend to go hang out with the protesters at the G20. And you wonder, how does this guy, how does the mayor of New York avoid a conflict of interest on this free trip to Germany where he's speaking out against, basically against America? de Blasio actually pitched the Conflicts of Interest Board at the city of New York for this trip. He, he ran it by him. He had to basically say, here's what I'm doing Here's what it's about. Uh, you know, it's going to be a free trip for me, the the American uh, viewpoint or whatever they are called. No, it's the uh, Hamburg Shows Attitude. Hamburg Shows Attitude group paid for his trip, not only for him, but three aides, 
President or uh, the uh, De Blasio security also had to be with him. So the city of New York paid for his security as well. This was not a cheap trip, but it was free to de Blasio. Uh, he, he just had to prove that it was um, in the um, interest of New York City and achieved, quote, a city purpose. What is a city purpose? Well, if you can if prove that, that um, it, it supports the ideals of New York and New York City, represents the values of New York. Well, he said that he was representing New York City and our values and providing an alternative American viewpoint to the deeply problematic vision of President Trump. That's the case they made. That's what they told the Conflicts of Interest Board. Now, in order to get something approved by the New York City Conflict of Interest Board, you just have to have a majority of the board say, yeah, okay. How many people are on that panel? Five people. How many people did Bill de Blasio appoint to that panel? Three of the five. What a load of Bravo Sierra. This guy, I'm telling you, this is not about, well, it is about slamming Donald Trump. That's what Bill de Blasio is about. It's also about Bill de Blasio in 2020. He's trying to position himself. But one of the greatest things to come out of this was the response from a uh, police officer who who recorded a message for uh, Hollywood and Black Lives Matter out of uh, about their reaction or lack thereof to the assassination of the New York police, the officer who was in the van. This is brilliant. He recorded this on his dash cam. Since uh, Officer Familia was killed, 4-6 Precinct, uh, New York City Police Department, uh, I just, I just, the one thing I want to know is where the hell are all the celebrities now? Where's all the sports teams wearing NYPD stuff? Where's the hands up, don't shoot people? Where are you right now? Why is it every thug, every career criminal, every piece of garbage, low-life scum of the earth gets the attention? when they're shot and killed for breaking the law, for threatening others, for victimizing people. When they're shot and killed by the police, they become heroes. Their families become millionaires. You got a New York City police officer, mother of three, out there sitting in a gang-infested precinct sitting there in a high visibility post to deter crime she's just sitting in a vehicle and this coward walks up and shoots her right in the head that's a victim of course these morons will swing it that this guy was a you know a misunderstood youth victim of of the of the system and he was angry at the police and others will say it's the police's job. The risks are there. They know the risks. So they get killed and they get killed. That's a person that chose that job to make a difference. That's a mother of three children. She went to work and didn't come home. Where the f*** are you now? Where are the celebrities now? I don't hear you. 
I don't see you. And believe me, society sees that. You want to make a difference? You want to be a celebrity? You want to be an athlete? You want to mean something? You want your life to mean something more than a trophy? Or some BS award that you get? Do the right thing. Support your police. God bless God bless you. Thank you, sir. What a great statement. And I let it go because you, when something is that good, it's on the blaze. You need to share that with your friends. I'll tweet out a link to it as we speak, and you should share that with your friends. That's the message that Bill de Blasio needs to hear. Can't believe he left the city when the city was in mourning over the loss of an officer who was assassinated. No, it looks like we're going back to um, we're going back to England. Our our buddy Simon Owen of Fox News out of England, who's been keeping us updated on the Charlie Guard situation, which uh, I guess is going to come to uh, some sort of resolution this week. Charlie, this is just this is a heartbreaking story. Our Simon, this is a heartbreaking story, and it it just I think it twists all of us our stomachs in knots. And uh, I, I'm so glad you're here to, uh, to try and straighten it out for us. How are you, sir? Very well, thanks. I'm always happy to hear from you because, uh, well, just because you make, I don't know, but you make me smile and your information's always rock solid. So uh, I'm happy to have you here. What's the latest on the Charlie Guard story? Well, I mean, as you alluded to, it is a wrenching case, uh, this one, and it's one that continues to to bounce through the British and European courts. Uh, It's a case that's been running here in the UK for some time, but it's only really attracted international attention in the last maybe week or so, uh, notably after President Trump uh, intervened. The Pope has also commented, but it was President Trump who said that if we can help Charlie Gard, we would be delighted to do so. And the reason that is relevant is because this is a fight, a legal fight, between Charlie Gard's parents and his doctors. Uh, He is terminally ill. Uh, He has, as you say, this this rare genetic condition and also has severe brain damage. Uh, He can't open his eyes or move his arms or legs. He can't breathe unaided. And doctors say it's not clear if he is in pain. And the doctors say it's that further treatment would cause suffering, and they say it's time his life support was switched off. Uh, His parents, though, want to take him to the U.S. for experimental therapy. They say they found an American hospital that is willing to offer this experimental uh, treatment, and that's why President Trump's intervention was uh, potentially relevant. So there have been a series of court hearings. Judges have repeatedly sided with the doctors who say it is time to end life support, but his parents say... As far as they're concerned, they say Charlie is still fighting, so we are too. And the latest hearing was at London's High Court. Yesterday, emotions were running high in court. Uh, his parents interrupted the doctor's legal team at one point. His father uh, shouted out that the, 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 legal, the doctor's lawyers were lying, and his mother was weeping. The parents say they have new evidence that they want to put forward, and the judge has agreed to hear that evidence, so there'll be another hearing to examine that on Thursday. But the judge said yesterday it would take dramatic and new evidence to make him change his mind. This this case, as you have pointed out so accurately, is, is wrenching. And, and I don't know a single person, a single human, who wouldn't have trouble deciding this. But the parents... Apparently, the parents have raised the money to bring the child here. It's over a million and a half 
dollars that it would take to get the child here and experience this treatment, a very long shot treatment, even the doctors admit it. But uh, what's the feeling in London, Simon? Do do Londoners think the parents should be allowed? Is there a survey on the on the streets on how people feel there? I don't have any polling, but certainly there, there there were demonstrators outside the court yesterday in support of the parents. And if this isn't just in the UK, if you remember the case of Terry Schiavo in the United States, oh, yes. suffered a cardiac arrest in 1990, and there's a legal fight with her parents about whether she should be kept alive or not. Her brother has travelled over here to to offer support to Charlie Guard's family. There's a a, a, a pastor who's travelled from Washington, D.C., uh, to offer support to the family as well. So there is international support for them. I think, from uh, anecdotally, from speaking to people, and this case is something that has got a lot of people talking over here, there is probably no one who can't sympathise with the parents who are doing everything they can uh, to keep their son alive and they feel that that is the best for him because his mother was saying yesterday that this treatment could be a miracle for Charlie. Now doctors question that and that's why they say, you know, let's see what this new evidence from the parents, uh, that the parents have, have got. And we think that evidence has come from the Vatican's Children's Hospital and also another facility outside of Britain. Let's see what that evidence is. But, you know, the judge is saying it's going to take something big to, to, change, uh, to change my mind. Uh, and this may sound like something that is, I think it's probably unlikely that something like this would come up in the the United States, but in the British legal system, if there is a dispute between doctors and parents about the treatment of a child, then it goes to the courts and a judge is tasked with deciding. And the judge is uh, told that the rights of the child are to be put first. And that's what's uh, happening here. So at this court hearing yesterday, the judge said, let's see this evidence. Let's get it together. The parents' legal team said, give us three weeks. But the judge said he's concerned about the fact that Charlie Garb may be suffering from this continued treatment. So he said, no, you've got until Wednesday, and we'll look at it on Thursday. So that's the next hearing to come. Wow. It's it's so incredible. The details you provide, Simon, are brilliant. We thank you for your coverage, and uh, I, I hope we will we will hear a resolution soon. Thank you again, sir. Thanks a lot. And there goes our buddy Simon Owen. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Big S.O., at Big S.O., and uh, he's all over the Charlie Guard story. I don't know how you, how you would not pray for a miracle. I don't know anybody, anybody who really has a, a decent bone in their body who would not be praying for a miracle in the case of Charlie Guard. So we'll keep an eye on it. When we get back, there's nothing really new in the Donald Trump Jr. story. We'll see if there's any additional spin being put out on this, and we'll share that with you. Plus, uh, bottom of the hour, Shannon Joy, our buddy who is up on all of the latest in education. We have to talk about taking our kids back from the system before the system gets too much control over them. And we'll get into all that this hour on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Welcome back to Puro Pelka. Yeah, we will uh, get back to the Donald Trump Jr. email story in a minute. I have to remind you, I, I'm in the middle of a search for some new term life insurance, trying to make sure there's enough coverage. God forbid anything happens, but, you know, things happen. So I, I'm seeking it out, and lo and behold, this new company came to the blaze as a sponsor it's called Health IQ. And if you, if you go to the website, this is really, I think, innovative, fascinating, and it's what you call fair and equitable in terms of how you get your life insurance. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. These guys are providing term life insurance based on not just your age and your gender, but based on your health IQ and how health conscious you are and how you live your life. Those really should factor into it. They've combined science and data, and they've got the insurance companies now on their side saying, you know, you're right. You're right. Somebody who runs a mile with a better time than other people is probably in a lot better shape and should get a better rate. What about how you, how you are health conscious in terms of how you eat, how much sleep you get, what you do in your, in your daily activities? Do you walk? Are you sedentary? It should have an effect. So your health IQ can affect your cost of life insurance. And I'm in the middle of it right now. I have an appointment scheduled this week. To get the final stage, I've taken the online test, which was very good. It, it taught me things, but it also taught them about me. I had a 15-minute phone call with one of the representatives, and they qualified me, pre-qualified me for an incredible rate on a million dollars worth of insurance, an incredible rate with a major carrier. So I'm pushing forward, and if you're looking for anything to do with life insurance Check out healthiq.com slash blaze, healthiq.com slash blaze. Take the quiz, get a quote, see if it works for you. It sure looks like it's going to be a smart decision for me. And welcome healthiq.com slash blaze. Very, very happy. Very happy you're with us. Um, the, the latest on the Donald Trump Jr. story, and this story was breaking just before we went to air this story was just coming out, and it was Donald Trump Jr. releasing the emails from his, his own account showing how the meeting with the Russian woman came about, showing who was involved, showing that Jared Kushner was involved, showing that Paul Manafort, the campaign chairman at the time, was involved. And the problem here is in campaign finance laws. Now, I know what you're thinking. Campaign finance laws, how does that affect a meeting with uh, some Russians, and how is that collusion? Well, the collusion is apparently evident, to me, anyway. But if you read the campaign finance laws, you're not allowed to take money from foreign entities, foreign governments, foreign citizens, and it also includes in there, or anything of value. Anything of value. Gee, what could be of value? Could damaging information against Hillary Clinton be of value? Of course it would be. This situation is growing 
hair as we watch it. This is going to be a problem. We'll be on it throughout the show. But when we get back, I want to talk education. Our friend Shannon Joy is coming back because we're going to talk about those psych profiles teachers are giving to kids. Kids in kindergarten. It's not right and it's not okay. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka's half of the show today is going to be busy and you better take notes. You better pay attention. And uh, most of that is really for me because I take notes and pay attention. The information comes fast and furious around here. We were talking before the break and earlier in this hour with Simon Owen from London about the Charlie Guard situation. And one of the chilling things I heard from Charlie or from Simon about Charlie was the way the Brits look at the relationship between parents and children and the government and children, that the courts will always come down on the side of the government versus the parents when it comes to the welfare of the child, that the parents don't have that kind of relationship. And this is what I I blame on the single-payer health society thinking, that this is socialism and socialized medicine. Well, just as dangerous in my mind is socialized education, is government control of everything to do with education. And it sure feels when you look at things like No Child Left Behind and Common Core and now Every Student Succeeds that uh, this has kind of worked its way into our education system. We talked briefly last month about the the mental health assessments being done on kids via Every Student Succeeds Act. And because, um, A, I'm not a parent, and B, I'm woefully uneducated about the education system, I try to learn, I depend on people like Shannon Joy, a radio voice I respect, but also a, a brain I respect when it comes to this issue. Shannon and I have talked about Common Core and She's graciously agreed to give up some of her day to talk about Every Child Succeeds Act. And this really nefarious, dangerous infiltration of of the kids. Uh, welcome back, Shannon. Am I over-dramatizing this? No, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I love being on with you and your audience. They are amazing. I always get lots of nice feedback on Twitter when I come on. So I'm just thrilled to, to be with you. And, and, Mike, you're not overstating this at all. Uh, parents need to start to think about um, schools. When you talk about uh, the concept of socialism, right, the government ownership of resources, right, they want all the money, they want all the land, they want all the capital, they want to own business, they want to own institutions. And we have to begin to understand that socialism, communism, totalitarianism is also about ownership of the most valuable resource on the face of the earth, and that is the human mind and the human body. That is human capital. 
This is the way that the government planners, this is the way that the corporations look at your child. This is the way that they see educational institutions coming in and intervening with your child. It is because at their core, they do not see the child, the human, as an independent sovereign being created by God in the image of God that is protected by their parents here on earth. They see that child as human capital. And so everything that you're seeing happening in schools today, whether it's ESSA, whether it's the standardization of all curriculum, whether it is the dumbing down of every child, whether it is a takeover of every school, whether it's charter or private, public, by the federal government, whether it is the school-to-work programs that people like Donald Trump and Betsy DeVos trumpet as something very good. What they are doing essentially is seizing the child from the parent in all of their capacities and moving them through a, 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 a churn-and-burn type of situation that is going to create widgets for the corporations and, and um, pliable servants for government planners. That's what they want. Go ahead. That's amazing to me. That, that, and you know what? Uh, when I think about this, Shannon, when I, we're talking to Shannon Joy, a radio host, but somebody who understands education and what's going on. When I think about it, though, part of me wants to say, certainly the people who are alive today in government, they certainly can't be thinking about making these kids into these cogs inside the giant wheel that is the country, but yet it sure feels like that. Can they be looking that far ahead, or am I just not understanding how quickly this can happen? Well, first and foremost, you have to look at the mindset. So many of planners, I think it was C.S. Lewis that talked about the well-intentions of the tyrants, right? People who are are well-intentioned. It is a God complex that progressives tend to have where they believe they're doing this for all of us in our best interests. Mike, it's because they love us so much, and they love the children, and they want global peace, and they want everyone to have the same stuff because that's really what we all value, right? Equality. We all, we all have the same amount of things because we're all socialists now. And so they believe that if they control, can control the attitudes, the behaviors, and the beliefs, the, the social-emotional learning of every child, if they can make every kid the same, to believe the same thing, then they can solve the problems of global war. They can solve the problems of poverty, because essentially they're just controlling everything. And they do it from an honest and genuine place of, of love and concern. I suppose they think they love us all so much, but really we all know that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so when you mm -hmm. wonder how far out they plan, you just have to look to something like UN Agenda 21, or what we're looking at now, which is the UN Agenda 2030. So we're in 2017 right now. They are looking 15 years out from now, and they are moving towards, and, and if you want to find the, the common theme in, in all of this new curriculum, in the next generation curriculum of Common Core Standards, it is all under the name of sustainability and the goals of the United Nations. And their agenda is to control uh, not only land, uh, to, to bring all of the land under the control of one governing power that's unelected, it's a global power, but also to bring all human human capital, all children under that same type of power. And these are the goals. They, they move very slowly. They move very progressively. Um, but they, they do this in what they believe is our best interest. And so, uh, go ahead. You know, Shannon, I hadn't even thought of tying it to Agenda 21 and now Agenda 2030, but you're spot on. And I did 
I did study Agenda 21 inside and out, and it does relate to um, everything that's in the UN Charter and the UN Bill of Rights, which includes the uh, right, everyone's right to the equal amount of of education, the equal amount of housing, the equal amount of work, and it is then government as the main provider, whereas families used to be the main provider for citizens uh, on this, in, at least in this country. But I didn't even think about pulling it into Agenda 21. And the minute you bring up the word sustainable, absolutely mm-hmm. sustainable, then the, the little hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And I start well, going, uh-oh. Watch out. Well, well, if you want them to stand up a little, a little more, Mike Opelka, we, we just concluded um, the high-level event on education, which was a U.N.-led event on education that was uh, focused around Agenda 2030. And uh, U.N. General Assembly President Peter Thompson said this, and this is the quote, this was just recently, it was reported in, um, oh gosh, I don't, have the, I don't have the name of the publication here, I'll get it for you. But he said this, we must educate young people about the logic of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, he said. They must be taught to take ownership, to serve as agents for change, and to be drivers of innovative ways of achieving the sustainable development goals. He said the changes being proposed are drastic. We have to do no less than transform the way they think the way we invest in who we partner with and deliver education. He said that uh, children must be subjected to universal early childhood education. We need coherent practical strategies for the development of children's physical, cognitive, and emotional skills to set up positive adult productivity and behavior. And this is the, this is the 2030 version. You see, Agenda, 20, uh, Agenda 21 was more about land and commodity. Agenda 2030, uh, 2030 is more about the human capital. It is the mind. And the government owns the body through universal health care. They own the mind through universal indoctrination through government schools. And that is what we're facing today. Wow. Wow. Shannon, Shannon Joy, in the minute and a half, two minutes I have remaining, how do we stop the infiltration in the education system? Okay, Mike, the first step is the hardest, okay? This is what I tell everyone. The first step is the hardest. The first step is that we as conservative Republicans have to realize that we are up against our own guys, that we do not have a friend in Donald Trump. We do not have a friend in Betsy DeVos. We do not have a friend in Ted Cruz. We do not have a friend in Mike Lee. Uh, There is not a single national voice out there, whether it's on, on media, Fox News, any of the big talkers, some, besides you and Glenn Beck, who will talk about this, um, but most of the big talkers will never discuss this. And so the first step is to admit that this is being pushed by our own guys. And until we rip away and, and rip ourselves out of the two-party paradigm, the Democrat versus Republican paradigm, and, re- and realize they are of the same team, they are on the same team, then we won't be able to stop this. Then you need to be able to get involved in your own local community. You have to start to refuse evaluations. You have to start to refuse any federal testing. You have to get connected with local advocates in your state. They are all over the country. Common Core advocates are some of the 
smartest political activators out there today, Michael Pelka, because we, we went into this as parents who were earnestly just looking for the truth. And when we found the truth, it was, you know, it's hard truth, but that's really what needs to happen. Uh, you have to rip yourself out of that paradigm and then get active locally, start refusing the tests, and uh, things will come up from there. From your lips to God's ear and to many of the people who we need to get activated and awakened to the reality of what's going on in the schools, uh, it's so important. Uh, just, I, I know I, I'm way late. Dallas is in my ear going, you got to break, you got to break. <laughs> is there any national politician who's with us? Is Mike Pence with us? Is Marco no. Rubio with us? Yeah. Pence is one of the worst. Pence did the rename change. He's a change agent. Betsy DeVos is a change agent. I don't think Donald Trump even gets it. I don't even think he knows what's going on. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's lost in all this. He's surrounded by people who are pushing this. Um, the best we can get, really, it started with Glenn Beck. Uh, Michelle Malkin is good. Uh, Susan Berry's reporting at Breitbart is phenomenal. Jane Robbins, um, uh, Neil McCluskey at Cato Institute is very good. Truth in American but Education. nobody we've elected. Nobody no one we've left it. No, no one. We tried to get Cruz to on this. Um, this was one of the biggest bitter disappointments of Cruz during the, the primary. I think he would have won the primary if he would have won the Common Core Warrior Mamas. And uh, he wasn't able to do it because he, was, he wouldn't meet with us. And, and uh, he wouldn't look. And I don't think it's because he were, he's in on it or he's a bad guy. I think they just don't. They don't want to go through the trouble of, of really understanding it and then going up against those big lobbies, um, the lobbies in, in school choice movement, which are big corporations um, who yeah. are in bed with the government and the union. So, it's, I mean, this is a bottom-up uh, grassroots effort, and, and it will be until we push, push our message out there. Well, Shannon Joy, you live up to your name. Thank you Aww. for all you do. Uh, follow her on Twitter, and uh, hopefully she'll be back soon. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, Mike. Talk to you soon. Well, to talk to you, and we'll be right back after a break. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. As we went to break, this just crossed. In order to provide more time to complete action, important legislative items and process nominees that have been stalled by a lack of cooperation from our, our friends across the aisle, the Senate will delay the start of the August recess until the third week of August. That from Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell throwing a little shade on the Democrats, saying that we're going to work on important legislative actions and process nominees that have been stalled by a lack of cooperation from our friends across the aisle. That is the Senate Majority Leader sharing that news via a press release and now, will they get anything done? Will the Senate be able to actually finish whatever they're trying to do on health care? I, I said it earlier when the, when the news came out about the Donald Trump Jr. emails. Um, this certainly 
certainly changed the priorities or, or certainly the priorities for journalists in D.C., but will it change the priorities for the Senate and the House? The House, I'm sure, is going to have to act and do the same thing. I'm just waiting for Paul Ryan's statement to come out. But the, the Senate is going to be in D.C. working for another two weeks. Instead of a five-week recess, they're going to get a two- or three-week recess. Now, does that mean Ben Sass won? Because wasn't it his idea? Didn't Ben Sass say, hey, let's not go away? And then the president also said, why would you go away if you didn't have health care done? Kind of interesting. Kind of interesting that it happened today. Uh, and then I do have to tell you that Glenn Beck just tweeted something I thought was very, very astute. Not that Glenn doesn't make astute observations all the time. But he just tweeted out Fox News yesterday. Quote, no evidence of collusion. Fox News Today, quote, remember, collusion is not a crime. Mr. Beck, well done, sir. Not that you need it from me, but very well done. When we get back, my Canadian friend Brian Lilly from Rebel Media joins us. We're going to talk about Canadians doing the right thing. Yeah, for Americans who were killed by a terrorist. That's next on Puro Pelkin. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Third hour of Pure Opelka today and a, a busy one indeed. How busy is it? Some of the primetime news anchors are finding themselves called in for extra duty since the release of the Donald Trump Jr. emails. Yes, the word bombshell is appearing on many reports, and I can't say I, I disagree with it. We'll get back to any breaking news on this, but right, right now we have bigger, bigger fish to fry, something Something we've been talking about since uh, July 5th, actually. We, we talked about this uh, after we first heard about it because it really ticked us off. And it, it ticked us off in two different ways. Number one, it's the story of um, Sergeant Spear, an American who was killed serving for this country in, in the Middle East, and another American soldier, Sergeant Lane Morris, who was blinded in one eye, all by the actions, admittedly, of one Omar Qadir. Now, he was 15 years old in 2002 when he, he allegedly, or let's, well, let's drop the allegedly. He admits to throwing the grenade that killed Sergeant Christopher Spear and wounded Lane Morris. And then recently, our, our neighbors to the north in Canada did something that I just, I can't believe even happened. And to talk with us about this is a, a Canadian friend, a guy I call friend and have done so for many years now, Brian Lilly, uh, a, a beacon of conservatism in the great white north. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you today, my friend. How are you? 
Well, happy to talk to you, Mike, but still I'm outraged the way you are about the $10.5 million that Justin Trudeau gave to Omar Khadr a week ago. And um, it's, uh, it's infuriating, but here's the good news. In case you were thinking Canadians were on board with uh, this dunderheaded move by our esteemed Prime Minister, nope. Uh, poll just released late yesterday shows 71% oppose this. They said they shouldn't have given him the money. They wanted him to fight it out in court. Hey, he was suing the government for $20 million. If they lost in court, Canadian people would rather that than him just saying, all right, I'll give you $10.5 million. Yeah, so, what, you know, first of all, I didn't properly give you uh, enough credit. Brian is a broadcaster as well, a journalist, a broadcaster. He's with Rebel Media. You can find him on brianlilly.com. You should follow him on Twitter. But, Brian, why did the government settle? Is it because they well, feared they would know, lose? Omar Carter, well, I think they felt they were going to lose. And, you know, Justice Department lawyers are often nervous Nellies. I don't know what your DOJ is like, but ours is uh, pretty much a bunch of nervous Nelly lawyers that are always telling governments they can't do anything and everything's unconstitutional. Um, you know, the, the previous government and once before, even of the liberal stripe, got used to just ignoring their advice because they were constantly, oh, you can't pass this law, it's unconstitutional, you can't do that. So those are the people advising the government and saying, well, um, you're going to lose and we violated his rights, so you've got to pay him $10.5 million. See, Cotter, you know, no need to use the word alleged. He's a little terrorist who grew up in Canada's first family of terror. His dad was one of the financiers for the 9-11 attacks. He was fully committed to the jihad. He was in this compound with uh, in July of 2002, full-on firefight, four to five hours against the Delta Force team. That's when Christopher Spear walks into the compound at the end of the battle looking for survivors, and Omar Khadr throws a grenade that ultimately takes Spear's life, injures Lane Morris. Lane Morris, a fellow sergeant on that same team, loses his uh, sight in, I believe, his left eye. Omar Cotter is treated, despite doing what he did, he was treated by American medics. He was flown to the same hospital, military hospital in Hamburg, Germany, as Christopher Speer was. Christopher Speer succumbed to his injuries in that hospital. Lane Morris had his eye patched up but lost his sight. And Omar Cotter was completely fixed up. He went to Gitmo, and because Canadian... Uh, intelligence officials and foreign affairs officials went down and interviewed him while he was at Gitmo. Our Supreme Court ruled that they've, uh, the government violated his rights. But the court never said, give him money. That was Justin Trudeau's idea. Wow. Just an amazing story when you think about it. You think about American soldiers going in to clean up after a firefight to look for survivors. One's life is taken from him by a 15-year-old. Now, all these people are saying, well, he was a kid. He was just 15 years old. Trust me, you're 15 years old in Afghanistan. You're about the equivalence of a 25 to 30-year-old here in the Western world. You're probably on, on, I'm sure he was quite adult at the time. And people keep saying to me, well, he was a child soldier. He did not meet the legal definition of child soldier. 
They call them that based on emotion, based on their wishes, based on things that have been passed since at the international level, but there is an actual legal definition. So all of Qatar supporters want the Geneva Convention applied to them. They want international law applied to them. But when you point out, well, wait a minute, he didn't meet the legal definition. I had one guy say to me, well, that's just some esoteric definition. That's the bloody United Nations. So people are outraged at this payment, and I'm trying to turn the anger, Mike, into something good. I'm okay, asking well, people to donate to a fund for the Spear children, the, the two kids of Christopher Spear, to show that not everybody's on board with this. Now, I'm speaking mostly to an American audience now, but... Up here in Canada, we've raised just shy of $100,000 so far. The goal's a million. Will we make it? I don't know. It's a tough goal. It's an ambitious one. But we've raised just shy of $100,000 for them in only a couple of days. Well, that story alone, the, the fact that the people of Canada, and I know I know your, your, your prime minister is popular. They, they love him because he's cute. But... Uh, we're not happy about this here. I know a lot of Canadians aren't happy about it. I will tweet out a link to this Indiegogo page, which uh, Brian and his cohorts have put together. And, and as Brian said, in just a couple of days, they've raised almost $100,000. The money is to go to the widow and the two kids who now don't have a dad who are trying to grow up. And you can just put spear kids in the memo section if you want to send checks but it is um it's it's a way for us to help out the spear family i can't believe america didn't step up and do something about this but it it took us being slapped in the back of the head to realize a terrorist is getting an apology and ten and a half million canadian and not even having to all he had to do was threaten to sue he didn't even have to go to court on this one he just had to scare word of testimony was heard mike Oh, my gosh, not even not. This is what makes me angry. Not a single word of testimony was heard. And the Canadian leader said, well, why don't we just settle it and give him an apology here? We're sorry. And here's 10 million dollars. Yeah. Wow. And I'll I'll give you something else that might outrage you. You said the American government or the American people should have stepped up on this. I'm sure many are. Many will donate to this. But. When we lose, when one of our service members loses their life serving our country, the Canadian government gives them a one-time cash payout of $360,000. Now, there's going to be other uh, ways that they're looked after, but that's the one-time cash payout, $360,000. I don't know the exact figure in the United States for the same thing for one of your active uh, service members losing their life in, in the line of duty. But my understanding is it's not dissimilar. It's between 250 and 500, I believe. So similar figures that we're looking at. That's for losing your life. This guy gets $10.5 million for his rights being violated. And this is, you know, we lost uh, just uh, about 160, just under 160 soldiers serving in Afghanistan. This guy was fighting in Afghanistan against us and our allies. 97 Canadians lost their lives to improvised explosive devices, the roadside bombs. He's on video making those roadside bombs and planting them. CBS and 60 Minutes have run the footage. It's out there. And this guy gets $10 million. So we're trying to say, let's, you know, maybe we can raise 10% of that and give it to the victims. 
and and I hope that the audience will consider chipping in five bucks, twenty five bucks, five hundred. If you, you know, everyone knows what their position is, and some people can chip in five hundred or five thousand. Others can chip in five or twenty five. It all will go to a good cause. Well, I will. I I'm in as you are talking to me and explaining to me. I'm just typing away and making my contribution. And I also just retweeted your original post for this Indiegogo fundraiser to try and to try and help the children of um and this was let's let's be clear about the the victim here the victim here was not a, a warrior yes he was a warrior but he was a medic going in to yeah. help people as Brian said he they were going to look for survivors this was a medic whose life was taken by a, a soldier who threw a grenade and, and killed him and wounded another army sergeant. So, uh, Brian, we will definitely uh, talk about this and we'll keep posting on it. And I'll mention it daily to make sure, because who, who knows which person of deep pockets will hear this and, and choose to help or at least pass it along to other outlets and maybe get the word out. But, you know, we're we're just one little show on the Blaze Radio Network. I, I do know a guy who's got another show that comes on before this, and maybe he can talk about it as well. <laughs> you, you might you might have some deep pockets. I, I think I know the guy you're talking about, Jeffy. Yes, Jeffy's pockets are very deep, but they're also lined with foil because they can keep food fresh for hours on end. It's a very special kind of pants he has. I don't want to go into it. But, you know, I think I've heard got, enough. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I don't want to get into an HR situation here again. But uh, Brian well, Lilly so and my, my friends at Rebel Media uh, up north in uh, our, our favorite suburb, Canada. I know you get mad at me when I say that. <laughs> I, All right. I, talk soon. I, I miss hanging out with you, sir. But thank you. And I, I hope we see you soon somewhere. Are you, are you going to be at Freedom Fest next week, the end of next week? Actually, I didn't even know it existed. It's I've, kind I've, of a I've libertarian thing. It's it's yeah, out I, in uh, Las Vegas, but um, I know Mike Lee and, and and Mr. Forbes and a lot of the libertarian crowd are going to be there. And I'm trying to weasel my way out for at least Thursday and Friday and Saturday of it, but we'll see. So hey, maybe any we'll excuse to go to Vegas. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Don't don't tell anybody. Let's not have this conversation on air. I have to have this discussion. <laughs> in more hushed tones. But uh, thank you, Brian Lilly. I appreciate you and hope we can help out. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Take care, my friend. When we get back, more news of the day, and we'll check in on the latest of this crazy breaking story with Donald Trump Jr. and the emails. My name is Mike Opelka, and this is Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, watching everything that's going on today. Wow. It is, um, it's got to be a very interesting day. This is one where you can, you can say uh, things changed almost hourly. Almost hourly. 
as we watched the uh, the morning when we were told we were going to get a look at the GOP renewed health care bill, the replacement bill. And we thought, OK, maybe we're going to see something. And then the story that was swirling from the weekend that was swirling around the Trump White House suddenly became a lot more fast paced. We had we had the story that that said that Donald Trump Jr. had a meeting with some Russians. He first thought it was going to be about adoptions. Then it turned out not to be about adoptions. He was told somebody had some nasty information about Hillary Clinton. So he brought Paul Manafort, who was the campaign chairman, in with him, and he brought Jared Kushner in with him. Now it turns out that, yeah, this this did appear to be connected to the Russian government, and they were trying to offer information. And I have to tell you, if I, if I were a political neophyte, if I were somebody who didn't know, and this was a year and a month ago, one year and one month ago, in, in early June of 2016, this all went down. You would hope, because they'd been on the campaign trail for a year, the Trump campaign existed a year before this, and we were winding down, getting close to clinching the, uh, clinching the nomination, and now you have this opportunity presented to you that sounds pretty darn good. It's an opportunity to maybe put the dagger in the Clinton campaign. If you're told, wow, we have some we have some really, really interesting data. Some news that could sink Hillary Clinton's campaign permanently because she she seemed to keep coming back from every scandal that was hitting her the same way the Trump campaign seemed to bounce back from things that the candidate would say or things from his history that would come back. So by saying we have some highly sensitive Clinton dirt and um, knowing that it was a Russian government attorney, somebody who had a connection to the Kremlin, of course, that makes it a problem. Because based on campaign finance and the rules, you're not allowed to take money from people out of foreign countries. You're not allowed to take money from foreign countries. And you're also not allowed to accept anything of value. Anything of value. Well, I guess that's the argument that's going to be made is that the the information that was given or that was rumored to have been given when Donald Trump Jr. made the meeting arrangements and brought in Paul Manafort. And he said, I would if it is what you say it is, I love it. Those words Kind of, kind of damning. And again, if you're out there and you're a Trump forever person, if you're a Donald Trump no matter what person, I would love to hear your take on this, but most of you are silent. 888-900-3393, I guess the, the question now, the, maybe it's a late-breaking question of the day, is what's going to happen what do you think will happen with Donald Trump Jr.? Is this now going to sink Donald Trump Jr.? Is this Does this rise to criminal activity? There certainly are people on the left who are already saying it. 
All you have to do is go on Facebook and Twitter and you're going to see it. It's already out there. And then there are others who said, look, Hillary Clinton set up a server, 30,000 missing emails, and nothing happened to her. So why not? Why not think that Donald Trump Jr. will have nothing happen to him? Well, I don't know. You know, all the, all the stars seem to be lining up on the opposite side for this. I really think this is, uh, oh boy, I think this is going to be a bigger mess than anyone fully understands just yet, especially when you bring in Paul Manafort, especially when you bring in Jared Kushner. Yes, Kushner left the meeting, meeting ahead of everyone else. But it's a, this is, in the words of Joseph Robinette Biden on the signing of the uh, Obamacare deal back in 2009, this is a big effing deal. I think this is a very large deal. And I think the word bombshell, um, I think it's accurate. A lot of people are talking about Donald Trump Jr. going to jail or prison, if you will. Uh, and, and maybe that's the case. He certainly has some very expensive lawyers. He certainly got, got the best lawyers money can buy. But we'll see. We'll see. There's more stuff going on today. I have to dip into some of that. And there's some crazy things happening today, and I certainly want to share that with you. So when we get back, we'll talk about Bixby, Oklahoma, and what we know, because one of you was a little too close to that explosion. That's next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Just a precious half hour before the liberty-loving Latino gets in here. And uh, I want to thank all of you, especially those of you who have written to me and said, you know, I, I tried Relief Factor and it worked for me. Anybody who called in and said, yeah, I gave it a, I gave it a spin and it worked for me. If you get the three-week quick start pack... You can find out what I found out on day eight, that a natural remedy can eliminate the inflammation in your joints like my knees were killing me. Uh, I ran marathons, I trained, and I wore out some parts, I'm sure, but the inflammation was causing pain, horrible pain. And so I started really Factor. I took the three-week quick start pack, got on it, and I found out what Todd Bennett found out when he tried it, this is Todd's experience. So I got a job with a cable company, and in December 2005, I fell from the Highline pole. And morphine, oxycotton, and all that stuff, I was in bed for the last probably eight years of my life. Got the relief factor two weeks later. I got up out of bed, I could go like this. I stood up, and it was just wow. I mean, it, the pain wasn't all the way, all the way gone. It's enough to where I could get out of bed in the morning. I look forward to getting up out of bed. Uh, I do yard work now, back in the wood shop, woodworking, and just actually living my life. 
I'm not not dull no more, you know. <laughs> I can't promise you won't be dull anymore, but I, uh, you know, the the Relief Factor all natural combination worked for me. So go to relieffactor.com. Go to uh, the website and check it out. Call them. Ask about the the fabulous for me very fabulous three week quick start pack for 1995. The number is 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. And speaking of smart people, Mark from Maryland is checking in today. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the program, sir. Hey, how you doing today, Mike? Well, I'm, yeah, you I, know, I'm wrestling with the, the breaking news. I'm watching... The news networks are all kicking into breaking news mode. You're seeing Anderson Cooper on CNN in the middle of the afternoon. You're wondering if Brooke Baldwin is kicking herself for taking vacation this week. But, yeah, big stuff's going on. I think this is a big deal. What, what do you think about this, Mark? Well, you know, if it's such a bombshell, maybe this uh, information about Hillary could be diffused. You know, it's called tit for tat. You know, if there's all this stuff that they were supposed to have done and all this, well, why don't we just spill out that information on Hillary to see if it was so damaging? Well, you uh, would, get a little, you get, would, Mark, you'd have to have people willing to put that information out there, and they're not. And we know that you have a media that is much more biased against the conservative end of things than they are against the liberals. It isn't fair, and we've known that forever. So uh, it, it doesn't make what Donald Trump Jr. did any less of a bombshell if you get the information on Hillary, does it? Yeah, I think so. It, uh, well, at least uh, kind of evens the playing field, if you kind of see, see what I mean. I, 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 I don't want to play the what about game. You know, I, I've, I've done it before, and it feels good for a second, but it doesn't solve the problem. And Donald Trump has just put out a statement saying his son is a high-quality person, and I applaud his transparency. And you have to ask the question, Mark, and let's be fair, if you're, if you're being really honest about it, if it if it's transparency, why is this the third story on the same topic? Yeah, I I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, yeah. you know if if it's truly transparency, then why were we told one thing on Sunday, another thing on Monday, and then here it is Tuesday, and this nuclear bomb of political information drops, and we hear all of the stuff that we didn't want to hear about Donald Trump Jr. And I, could you claim that he's a political neophyte, that he doesn't understand, that he had no idea what he was doing? I guess so, but I don't think that's going to hold water. Okay. Also, uh, another reason why I called in is that uh, my wife wanted to know. She heard I came in the house, we turned on the, the radio, and, you know, and uh, said, she said, is that Mike? I said, yeah, that's Mike. She says, what's going on with Charlie? What's going on with Charlie? Have, have they passed that emergency stuff to make him American citizens and his family and get him back over here where he needs the treatment? Well, Char you're talking about Charlie Gard, the 10-month-old in yeah, England. Charlie Gard, yes. 
fighting for his life. Well, we had uh, we had a friend of mine from England on the phone, Simon Owen, who works for uh, Fox News out of England. And he really laid it out, given some very specific coverage of of where this is. Now, the judges, the judge actually came up with a statement that I I respect him for saying. He says, nobody, nobody wants to hear that Charlie can't be saved. We'd all love for him to be saved. But they were trying to, in their estimation, do what the doctors, the British doctors had told them was right. And he said he was open to hearing new evidence. So he gave the parents one day to get their stuff together. And so tomorrow and Thursday, they will be presenting kind of a final case to see whether or not the presentation will be predominantly Wednesday, but the decision will be rendered on Thursday. And we, we don't know yet. We really don't know because according to the British law, as explained by Simon, the, the government will side with the National Health Service. The courts will side with the National Health Service as opposed to the parents on treatment which again calls to mind the question of death panels and why government-run health care is such a dangerous and dumb thing. But uh, tomorrow there will be a very emotional and powerful hearing again on behalf of Charlie. And uh, I believe there are two American doctors who have written letters asking the courts to review what they believe is a new level of treatment and if that works, then uh, maybe we'll go forward with that. But uh, we'll know Thursday. And I imagine it'll be probably Thursday morning sometime because that'll be around the middle of the day, London time. So uh, decisions coming soon, Mark. Decisions coming soon. Well, in the meantime, we're going to do a heck of a lot of prayer. And everybody I know, and my family and friends, they've been praying. We got to get that child taken care of, not according to the British, but according to God's will. Well, I, I think you're you're absolutely right, and I know that we have to pray that 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 more people hear the story because even even if Charlie doesn't make it, which you know the odds are stacked against him pretty heavily right now, even if Charlie doesn't make it, I still believe that trying to save his life might yield an answer that could save another child's life. And, and we just don't know. I just don't think you ever try, stop trying. I don't think you ever stop trying to save a child if you have the wherewithal and the will. And I think his parents have both. So um, God bless him. And let's, let's hope something good happens, Mark. Let's, let's hope. But we'll know tomorrow. We'll know tomorrow. Well, I... Um... My wife and I, we uh, dumped a bunch of stuff onto Facebook. We're getting a lot of responses on it. And uh, I think, uh, you know, for anything, if the uh, media won't cover it, Facebook will. It depends well, on what angle you spring it on them. That's, you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of these stories, but for social media, would not be known. So... Uh, we appreciate, and I'm sure the parents appreciate your efforts. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and God bless you and your wife, and have a great rest of your day, sir. Bye. When we get back from the break, I will explain why some of your friends are looking for mint leaves, fresh mint leaves and sugar and rum. 
why others are taking pictures of their dogs and cats, and why some of them are putting on cow costumes and headed to the mall. I'll explain it all next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Well, it's the uh, wrap up of this show, and I still have so much left to do. And one of you called in from Florida, didn't want to stay on the phone, asking what weather app I use. <laughs> um, the the most accurate weather app I, I've ever found, and if you found a better one, please share it with me. Is something called Dark Sky. I use Dark Sky, and I do think it costs like two two ninety nine or three ninety nine, but it really is the best weather app I've I've ever seen. Not that the the basic weather app on the on the iPhone is bad, but this is a much better weather app than than that one for my purposes. I'm not a paid spokesperson for Dark Sky. It's just something I use. I uh, also want to send a shout out to Bixby, Oklahoma. And some of the stunt brainiacs who who live in Bixby, Oklahoma, that's the place where a, a suspected American terror attack occurred when a pipe bomb was exploded in front of an Air Force recruiting station doing considerable damage to the uh, front of that. It's like in a mini mall. And thank God nobody's life was taken. There were no injuries, but uh, this is a serious deal. And the FBI is involved and the ATF is involved and on the scene. So uh, to our friends in Oklahoma, we're with you. I know it must have been a harrowing night. One of us here in the Stunt Brainiac family, one of us lives less than half a mile from that place. And I know the night was a little more than testy for you. So hang in there. Also, San Francisco, boo on you. San Francisco schools will no longer offer chocolate milk when classes resume this fall. Kids can't have chocolate milk at school. That was one of the few pleasures we looked forward to at the cafeteria. Chocolate milk. They're doing it because they're just trying to save the children. 40 calories a day. Oh, stuff it. 40 calories. How about you reinstate gym classes so kids can go out and burn off 400 calories. Let them have all the chocolate milk they want. And do you like Pringles? And do you like Top Ramen? You know, those ramen noodle things? Pringles and uh, one of the Top Ramen companies are going to make chicken ramen flavored chips. So you're going to be able to buy a Pringle that is flavored like Top Ramen chicken soup. If you have Dollar General stores in your neighborhood, you'll be able to get them. Um, no, no, thank you. I'm not, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. And I mentioned that today, today is a day that you'll see people gathering rum and sugar and mint because it's, it's National Mojito Day. Not a Mojito fan. It's also National Pet Photo Day. So some of your friends will be posting pictures of their dogs and cats 
And I guess I could even count birds as pets because I think you can train them. But the rest of them, the people with iguanas and snakes and fish, those aren't pets. Those are captured animals. Those are animals that you are locking up against their will. When you domesticate something, I think you change it. So National Photo Pet Photo Day. It's also um, 7-Eleven. So you can go into a 7-Eleven and get yourself a free small Slurpee today, which I, I think I might need to do. And because it's something like Cow Appreciation Day. Yes, who knew it was Cow Appreciation Day. If you wear a cow costume and show up at Chick-fil-A operations, you will get a free Chick-fil-A <laughs> sandwich, a chicken sandwich. So all across America, people are putting on cow costumes. There are montages of these everywhere you look. You know, I, I don't mind giving Chick-fil-A a couple of bucks here and there. I'm certainly not going to put on a cow costume to go in and get Chick-fil-A. Then again, maybe I should. A free Slurpee and a Chick-fil-A. I'm in business today. It's National Cheer Up the Lonely Day. So put on your cow costume and take somebody lonely to Chick-fil-A and cheer them up. Maybe the mojito would do the same thing. Mike Opelka, I'm pure Opelka. Tomorrow, Wellness Wednesday, Dr. Jorge. Plus, we will meet conservative mama tomorrow. Uh, we, we, if we don't have breaking news, we're going to meet conservative mama tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm hoping the earth doesn't open up and swallow us all up tonight. But who knows? It, it, it could happen. It could very easily happen. Uh, by the way, last second pitch for the vital question of the day. It didn't seem that vital. Are you going to watch the All-Star game tonight? I'm not. I watched the Home Run Derby. That's about it. The rest of it, I don't care anymore. Michael Pelka, I'm Puro Pelka. Remember, testudo, my friends. Testudo. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.